So has your anger ever made you do something foolish? The other day I was watching a person drive and another car came and cut them off. And so this car got cut off. They got angry, of course, because they were put in danger, you know, and they were scared. And so then they went and cut the other car off. So I'm thinking, wait a minute, you're mad because this person put you in danger. So you put them in, you put yourself in danger to put them in danger again. Again, it doesn't make sense, right? That's foolish um, that your anger causes you to do the thing you just got angry at. That'll show them. Um, it reminds me of a proverb, Proverbs 14, 29. It'll be on the screen. It says, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is hasty temper exalts folly. We do foolish things when we're led by our anger. Uh, anger is a powerful emotion. And so it can drive us before we even start thinking to do something foolish or bad. But anger itself is not always bad. Because think about it, there are some things we should get angry over. There are certain injustices in this world that should make us mad. It makes God mad, right? You, you read in the scriptures all the time about God's anger, about his wrath over injustice. You know, there are certain things in this world that should make us mad. So anger isn't always bad, unfortunately, and it often drives us to do foolish things. I, I like to think of anger as, as an energy, as like electricity, right? Electricity can power a light bulb for good, but it, it can electrocute you if it's not channeled properly, right? So with anger, right? If it's not channeled properly, uh, that's when it hurts. Now we are, uh, today is the last day we have this mini series on emotions. Um, and one of the reasons we're talking about emotions is because we don't deal with them very well. We either let our emotions lead us or we ignore them. And both of those approaches are not healthy and not good. Um, in this year, 2024, we say this year our theme is the Lord leads. And we want the Lord to lead us. We don't want to be led by our emotions. But nonetheless, Emotions are an important part of who we are, and God can use our emotions to actually lead us to him and lead us closer. So last week, we talked about guilt and shame. This week, we're going to talk about anger. Now, Psalm 37, was, it's, a, it's a long psalm, and thank you, Mom, for reading that. It's, um, it's actually an acrostic poem, meaning that every stanza, and this is one of the reasons it's so long, every stanza begins with a subsequent letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, the A, B, C, D, it begins each uh, stanza. And the flavor of this psalm is that the psalmist, he sees the wicked doing so many bad things that rightfully make him mad. And he sees that uh, the wicked, not only do they bad, do bad things and hurt people, but they seem to prosper. And the psalmist says, although that seems to be the case, we, the, the faithful people, those who trust in the Lord, should wait on the Lord, should find refuge in him. And I particularly want to focus on that section that highlights anger. Because when, when people do bad things and they still seem to prosper, 
a natural reaction is to get angry. And the question is, will we let that anger lead us or will we wait on the Lord and let him lead us? And it's so difficult because the closer we are to the injustice and to the wrongdoing, the more angry we feel. It's one thing when, you know, we, we hear about people doing bad things some other place. And, and yeah, it can make us angry, but not like when it hits home, when, when someone's doing something bad to us or hurting our family members. And that's where the psalmist, he's, he's seeing things happen to him and those around him, and it's making him angry. So, for instance, uh, just put that list up there. He, verse 12, he talks about the wicked plots against the righteous. Yeah, that should make us mad when people, you know, make plans to, to hurt others. Verse 14, they don't just make the plans, but the, the wicked draw the sword and bend the bow to bring down the poor and needy. So here, it's not just making plans to do bad, but it's actually harming. And it's not harming those who have a lot... It's, it's trying to harm those who are poor and needy already. That should make us mad. Verse 21, the wicked borrows but does not pay back. Okay, that one doesn't seem as extreme, but still, don't you get mad when someone borrows something and they don't give it back? Well, verse 35, I've seen a wicked, ruthless man spreading himself like a green laurel tree. So here we see a, a person being ruthless, and because he's ruthless, he actually is, increases the, the things he has control over. All of these things are injustices that should make someone angry because they're not right. And so now, all right, all these bad things are happening. They're making me angry. What shall I do? Shall I smite them? See, that's an OG Bible word. It's like, shall I smite them? We don't talk about smiting people anymore, but that's like, should I smite them? Should I call fire down upon them? Right? Especially because these wicked people seem to have power and influence. Well, if the psalmist posted his psalm on social media, people would say, oh, you must smite them. They would, they would say, yes, you need to be angry because anger drives social media uh, traffic and, and the algorithms would bathe you in the rage of others and feeling morally superior. Then we'd vent our anger. We'd join in the condemnation of the wicked virtually, of course. And that, cause that's what the world encourages us to do. If you have anger, let it loose. Smite them, or whatever word we use nowadays. I don't think it's smite, something else. But Psalm 37, Psalm 37 instructs us something, to do something different. Verse 7 through 9, I want to focus on. This, this is what it says to do with our anger, right? In verse 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way. Now, that translation, fret not yourself, the Hebrew word there, it has much more of an angry flavor than, because when we say fret, we mostly think about worry, but this Hebrew word, is, it's more about getting worked up. So I think a better translation would be, so be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Um, don't get worked up over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Don't get worked up. It tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. So two main points here. The first is, yet yeah, don't get worked up 
when we see the evil in the world as if it's going on forever. Because as the psalmist goes and talks about, he says that the evil person and the evil in this world will wither like grass in the summer desert. That everything in this world is like a vapor, it's like smoke. Even the wicked, they only last for a while and then they're gone. But our good God is eternal. And that helps keep perspective. It helps us say, no, even though the wicked seem to prosper, even though I'm angry and I want to lash out, I'm following God and God lasts forever. His good ways are eternal. And keeping that in mind helps us not get so worked up. Verse, and, and then the second point, I think, from this section is don't let anger drive you to react. Let your anger drive you to the Lord. Lift up the situation that's making you angry. Lift up your anger to God because he's the one who can set things right. And eventually, in the world to come, he will set everything right. He'll set some things right in this world, but he'll set everything right in the world to come. And one of the things about bluegrass music is it often talks about the, the, the hope and the future and looking to the sweet by and by and, you know, all of these things. And one of the reasons and, is that there is this, this hope that this is not all there is, that we can look for the God who is eternal and he will set things right. And, and not only that, but vengeance is the Lord's. That uh, we, we wait on the Lord to act, knowing that he is the judge. He is the righteous judge. And so we follow his lead. We don't follow our anger. We follow the Lord's lead. And we, be a, we, we try to be people of peace. And in verse 37 of, of our psalm that was read, it says, Mark the blameless and behold the upright, for there is a future for the man of peace. You see, there's a future for the person of peace who doesn't follow their anger but follows the Lord because the future is in God's hands. So we follow him. We don't follow our anger. We become people of peace and reflect God. I also think of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 9. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. So here, this psalm, it encourages us, wait patiently on the Lord. Don't get worked up, but lift up those things that make us angry. Lift up our anger itself and let, it, let our anger lead us to the Lord instead of leading us to folly. And so if, if, you're, if you'd like to memorize scripture, and there's very few people who do, but if you're one of them, memorize verse 8. I think it's such a, a, a wonderful uh, capsule of this whole psalm and this whole point, and that's verse 8. It says, refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself or don't get worked up. It tends only to evil. That's the instruction here, is that don't let your anger drive you. No, let it lead you to the Lord. Now, some of you might be saying, okay, yeah, I get it. That sounds right. Uh, I agree with you, uh, and that's what the psalm says, And but... Uh, yeah, that's kind of hard to do. Uh, I agree, but when, how do we do that? How? It's easier said than done, especially if you're a person who loses a temper quick. So how? Well, the scripture actually gives us clues on how to do this. So let me explain. Now let, let, let's look again and, and see how do we do that? How do we refrain from anger and forsake wrath and not get worked up because it tends only to evil? Well, I think the first thing we see in this psalm is slow down, <laughs> right? It says, wait on the Lord. 
right? Wait. <laughs> so uh, often what happens, we get mad and we, all right, I got to do something. And we immediately think of something to do. We immediately rush to try to do something. But here it's no, wait, slow down. Have you even checked in with God? So in other words, we're like, I got to do something. Well, wait, just stop and say, God, I'm mad. What should I do? We often don't do that. We don't slow down and at least check in with God. You can't wait on the Lord without even asking, hey, Lord, <laughs> what's going on? So that's one of the refrains in this, wait on the Lord. And in that waiting, we also ask, again, we pray our emotions. We don't, we don't ignore our emotions. So don't hear like, oh, I'm supposed to refrain and, you know, not let my anger leave me. So I can't be angry. No, anger is a natural emotion. And we actually, God can use it to speak to us and draw him closer to you. So we also ask God, why am I angry? Why am I angry? Because sometimes we are angry about things that we don't need to be angry about or we shouldn't be angry about. Because sometimes we're actually angry about, um, because God is, is, is carrying out his will. Yeah, we can be angry at God for doing what is best, actually. That's why, you know, I talk about, the, you know, we talked about earlier that anger. There, there's a, something called righteous anger that not all anger is bad. There's a righteous anger where injustice or wrong things we, that we should be angry about. We don't want to lose sight of that truth and just turn on the news and there'll be so many things you see that should make you angry. Uh, several months ago, in, in, you know, we, we live in Holyoke and in, in Holyoke there was a... Uh, a young pregnant woman, and there were people shooting at one another, and the mother got hit. She was riding in the bus, and, and it killed her baby. And, and people were up in arms rightfully about that. It's wrong. Things should make us angry. In fact, our anger at injustice reflects God's anger over injustice. But here's the problem. The problem is, is that we often... Don't get angry because things are, are against God's righteous will, right? Because he is the foundation of right and wrong. That's not usually what we get angry about. We usually get angry because things go against our will, right? This reminds me of another scripture, James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. Be on the screens. It says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Again, we need to be slow to anger and quick to listen to understand because our anger often does not match God's righteousness. No, we're not angry that God's will is thwarted. We are angry that our will is thwarted. We couldn't care less about God's will. And that's why it says, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Because our anger is usually caused by not getting our way. And our way is usually based in self and not in the eternal righteousness of a loving God. So let me give you an example of my first sort of experience of anger leading me to foolishness and definitely not reflecting the, uh, the will of God. See, I'm so happy that my parents are coming to church now and they're a part of our, our, our church. But one of the, the drawbacks to that is they have all sorts of embarrassing stories to tell. So 
So I want to control the narrative here and uh, get this one out. But one of my first experiences of just anger being so self-centered and leading me to foolishness was my parents brought my brother and I to out to eat at Burger King. And at that time, Burger King sold hot dogs, right? And, uh, and so the thing, that, the thing about a hot dog bun is a hot dog bun is supposed to hold the relish and the mustard right? And if it breaks, the mustard and the ketchup fall out. So we were here eating, and I cut my, my hot dog, and the bun broke. And so, so did my temper. And I start smashing the hot dog bun, and pieces of hot dog are flying, pieces of bun are flying, pieces of relish are getting everywhere. And when I stopped and looked up, the whole restaurant is just silent and looking at me. My parents are looking at me, too. And I realize how foolish I was. <laughs> See, now. <laughs> no, th this, was, this was when I was seven, really. No. Now, now I'm also, uh, now, just because I said that that also doesn't mean like in coffee hour or when we have lunch, I don't want you all bringing, you know, if we have hot dogs, bringing hot dogs with a broken bun, <laughs> tempting me to lose my temper. But, but that's when I, you know, I saw it like anger leads to foolishness. And also, it, that had nothing to do with God's will. That was my own small, silly little will of about a hot dog bun causing me to, again, be foolish. It, it wasn't about God's will being thwarted. It was about my own little uh, seven-year-old will. Maybe, okay, maybe my 49-year-old will last week. I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> But also, I want to give a biblical example of um, that we can be also, not just be angry because our will is thwarted, but also be angry at things we shouldn't be angry about because they're actually, we can get angry at God for doing what God wants to do. The example is Jonah. Now, most of us, when we hear the story of Jonah, we think about, okay, Jonah was swallowed by a whale, and that's all we know. But if you want some homework, some of you like homework, uh, read Jonah chapter 4. Because you know the reason that, that the Jonah got swallowed by the whale is that he was running from God. And the reason he was running from God is God told him to go to Nineveh. And Nineveh was a, a, a place that was the enemy of the Jewish people, and they were oppressing them and all of this stuff. And... Jo and, and God told uh, Jonah to go preach to Nineveh so that they would repent, that God was going to judge them and, that they, and so that they need to repent. And Jonah didn't want to go. And it's not because he doesn't like giving a fire and brimstone message. He actually didn't want to go because he was afraid that they would repent. He was afraid. He's like, God, I know that you're a forgiving God, a loving God, and I'm afraid if I tell them, you know, preach, repent, that they'll actually repent. And then they do. And so in chapter 4 of Jonah, the last chapter, it's a short book, Jonah is up on a mountain looking, overlooking Nineveh, and he was, he was hoping to see the fire and brimstone. He was hoping to see the fireworks raining down upon Nineveh, destroying it, and instead they repent. And so God does, spares Nineveh, and he's mad. He is mad at God because he doesn't like the Ninevites. They're the wicked people that, like the psalmist talks about, they've done so much damage, and he's mad that God is having mercy on them. And in fact, he's overlooking, and there's this plant that's shading Jonah. And then that plant dies, 
And so Jonah's even madder. He's more mad that the plant dies. And God basically says to him, okay, Jonah, you're mad that the plant died and that thousands of people lived. And the point is, Jonah is not in touch. Even though he's a prophet, he doesn't understand God's will. We can be like Jonah. We can actually be mad at things like that. And so that's why, so the first sort of step in this is, first of all, is, is slow down when we're angry and connect with God and say, God, you know, um, what is your will? Uh, what is, is uh, and that's the second thing, right? Is we slow down, we ask God, we, we say, you know, why am I feeling this? Why am I angry? And then second thing is we align our will with God's will, Okay. Because otherwise, the energy of anger, because anger gives us energy, it's not put towards true justice. It's not put towards advancing God's um, will and his plan. It's rather just advancing our own little will, our own little kingdom. And if we truly desire God's will, then there's a promise here in Psalm 37. And in verse 4, maybe some of you noticed this. The, the verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. Now, many prosperity preachers take this out of context and be like, ah, see, just delight yourself. God's going to give you everything you ask for, especially if you give me some money. No, it's, this is not, God's not a genie granting you wishes. Rather, when we delight ourselves in the Lord himself and when we commit our way to him, when we align our ways and our will with his will, he gives us the desires of our heart because our heart is aligned with his heart. And we know that he is the, the ultimate we know that his plan and his purposes will not be thwarted. And so when we align our wills and ways with him, we know it's going to come to pass. It'll come to pass so that, that our anger, when we lift it up to God, is it's energy and it's used to further his kingdom. It's used to further his ways and not just our own self-centered desires. And that's, by the way, why we need to know God's word. So we know his will. Many of the Psalms, like Psalm 1 says, delight yourself in not just the Lord, but delight yourself in God's word so that we know his will and then we can follow him. And that when we do feel anger and we deal with our anger with him, he helps it direct it towards something righteous, something good and something lasting. And then the final step here. So we, we, we slow down, we wait on the Lord, we lift up the emotions and ask what it is. We try to align ourselves with God's will. And then the final is, is, yes, don't let your anger lead you, but also don't stuff it. Don't stuff your anger either. Because some say, well, I need to vent my anger. But, but that's a, I've got electricity. I need to vent my electricity. No, you're going to hurt somebody. So anger is one of those emotions where venting it is, is no, lift it up to the Lord. Deal with it is by, is by lifting it to the Lord and, and, and asking him to help you understand it, understand him, understand yourself better. So that our anger is not just, is, is not selfish but it's aligned. And if that anger means we do need to do something by lifting it up to him, then he helps guide us to what is truly beneficial and good. Uh, but we don't stuff it. That's not the answer either. So don't hear like, oh, I shouldn't be angry, so I, I guess I won't be. No, we can't help that. And this is where Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 comes in. 
It says, be angry and do not sin. So again, being angry is not a sin. It says, be angry, but hey, don't, don't let it lead you to sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Okay, because anger is such a powerful emotion and it can drive us. If we don't deal with that anger, it can give the devil an opportunity to drive you to a place where you are in the wrong. If we don't deal with it, we, we pretend if it doesn't exist, then even if we're not letting it drive us immediately, it's festering inside. And the devil can use that as an opportunity to bring us to the place where, yeah, we didn't react in, in anger right away, but then instead we haven't dealt with it, so it's built up inside, and now it leads us to do something wrong. So many examples you could probably think of in your own life where perhaps someone said an unkind word to you, and you let it fester over time, and, and the, you, know, you go to sleep, and you're thinking about, why did they say that? And then it grows inside and it grows into bitterness and then it grows into you wanting to take revenge, you wanting that person to suffer some ill, something bad to happen to them and perhaps you help that happen. <laughs> and that's why you deal with your anger before the day is over. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. At the end of the day, do an emotion check. Say, don't be like, oh, okay, I'm not supposed to be mad. I'm feeling mad, but I'm not supposed to be. And then you just go to sleep. Rather, you lift that up to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm still mad at this. I don't understand. I don't get it. It shouldn't make me mad, but it is. We do an emotion check and lift that up to the Lord so that he can help us understand. He can help us direct our anger into a, a, a place where it's aligned with his will and not just our own selfish will. And then we can also, if the person has wronged you, if you're angry at that person and uh, they've done you wrong, well, well, then you can use that anger to actually make it right. Use the anger as energy for reconciliation. Forgive if needed. And in that way, we do reflect God. Because it's true. When, I, I don't want you to hear this sermon as a self-help sermon. Um, or any of the sermons on emotions as a self-help kind of sermon. It's a, it's a God-help kind of sermon. Because it's always bring it to the Lord. It's not just look inward and, and, and try to do these things so that you're better. It's, it's no, bring it to the Lord. Because anger especially can show us why we need Jesus in the first place. And it can it show us on a couple of levels. One, it shows us we need Jesus because um, we've all been there. Where our anger has actually driven us to do other people wrong, right? To hurt other people. Well, if God is a righteous God, what, how are we going to stand before him when we've hurt other people like that? And so it shows, all right, I need forgiveness myself. I'm the one, like, God's righteous anger should be directed at me. But it also helps, the anger helps us understand the nature of God and that I think whatever we talk about God, we say, do we want God to judge, right? We're like, yes, only God can judge us. We want God to be the judge, not any person, because we're all messed up, but God sees everything. He knows everything. We want him to judge, right? Generally, that's what people under, um, feel. And we want God to be a just judge, right? We don't want him to be an unjust judge. 
Well, if you had a judge who let all the criminals off, we'd say, wait, that's not fair. That's injustice. So we want God to be a God of justice. But God's righteous anger, his wrath, is a product of, being, of him being a just and holy God. Because what is anger? Anger is directed at unrighteousness. Or what about even loving? We all say, oh, I want God to be a loving God. Well, what loving father would not get mad and seek justice if someone was hurting his children? God has a righteous anger because true righteousness and love gets energized to make things right. Right? That energy expresses itself emotionally as anger. When we talk about God's anger, his wrath, it's about his justice moving to make things right. But that makes us nervous. We don't like talking about God's anger or wrath because what are we always used to? We're just used to human anger, human wrath, which is so often unjust, so often self-centered that we shy away from talking about God's anger. But a loving and just God, if he is truly loving and truly just, he, he should be angry. He should be pour out his wrath against sin and injustice. But okay, that scares us. We don't like that because we understand, well, I'm guilty of hurting other people. I'm guilty of sin and injustice. Well, the good news of Jesus Christ is that God pours out his wrath on himself, on his son, which is what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is actually you absorb the wrath. You forgive someone. Think about it. Someone owes you $100 or they steal $100 from you, let's say, and they take it, they spend it on drugs. And you forgive that person. No, they did you wrong, but you forgive them. You, you take your anger and all of that and use it for forgiveness. Well, someone still incurs the debt. You do, right? You've forgiven them. So they don't have to pay, but you pay. You absorb the debt of that $100. God, in his mercy... He absorbs all of his own wrath and anger against injustice. He does that for us so that instead of wrath, there is peace with God. On the cross, he takes the wrath and the anger, and he says, I'm taking that because of my love for you. I've got to do something about the injustice and the sin in the world. But since you can't do it by yourself, I'm taking it on for, to myself, and I'm giving you peace. So that's how the anger of God, it's, it's, we forget about it, but it's important because it also helps us understand the depths of his love. We don't like to talk about the wrath of God, but the wrath of God is a product of his love for righteousness and goodness, the love for his people. So no, this isn't self-help. This is help from God where we turn to him. We don't turn inward, we turn to him. And, 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 the, and we get, we, we slow down, first of all, right? And we slow down and we wait on the Lord and we lift up our anger. We lift it all up in the light of his perfect will. And then when we realize his forgiveness, we realize his love, we realize that, you know, sometimes I'm actually angry about good things, about things I should be happy for. 
That's when we lift this all up to God. We receive his forgiveness, but then we also receive his guidance and his transformation. So slow down, get in line with God's will. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Lift it all up to God. And he will transform our anger so it doesn't lead us to foolishness. It actually leads us closer to him. And as we come to the end of this series, what I just said about anger, we can practice for all the emotions, right? We talked about fear. Uh, we talked about um, sadness, guilt and shame, and anger. At the end of the day, do an emotion check. You know, acknowledge your feelings, whether it's sadness, anger, all of that, to God, and, and ask God, why am I feeling this way? What does this reveal about you? What does it reveal about me? Because God can lead us as a whole person. He doesn't just lead our heads and, and tell us information. He wants to lead our hearts. He wants to transform our hearts. And that's why we lift up our anger. That's why we lift up our sadness. Any of these things, because in those, God actually draws us closer to him. In those things, he transforms. Again, he doesn't just make us smarter or more knowledgeable. He transforms our hearts, which then transforms our actions, transforms what we value, transforms how we treat other people. And so let's let our emotions, yes, anger, we're dealing with that today, but all of our emotions lead us closer to God, not being led by emotions, but not stuffing them either, using them to, to draw closer to the Lord and having him lead us into transformation. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come before you and we acknowledge the many times in our lives when our anger has driven us to do foolish things, to do hurtful things to other people. But we thank you, God, for your forgiveness. Lord, we even thank you for your holy wrath uh, because, Lord, it's, it's righteous. And we so few, many so few times, Lord, we reflect that. But now, Lord, we lift up our emotions to you. We lift up... Um, all that we are and ask that you would transform us. Show us those things even now, Lord, that have caused us to be angry, caused us to be sad. And Lord, help us to understand them, understand us and ultimately transform us, God. You, Holy Spirit, move about this room as we sing these last couple songs, Lord, and um, we, we praise you. We praise you that you're a God who works in and through us. We praise you that you're a God who forgives. But speak to us, Lord. Show us what next steps to take. Lord, as we actually lift up our anger to you in these moments, as we sing songs, Lord, may, as we lift up our anger to you, may they fly away, Lord, our, our anger to you. And instead, we would be filled and led by your spirit. Lord, we thank you for this promise. And we thank you for your, the freedom that we have to follow you and the freedom that you have in changing us from the inside out. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.